3: And of course, I did it early a few weeks, but you know I'm going to hit y'all off with that Goosebumps theme. Let's go. Yeah. We talking Goosebumps today, yeah. Uh. A beat on the beat. Yeah, let's go. You feel that? Y'all feel that energy coming through? Put your hands up.
4: If you listening in your
3: off, office cubicle, put your hands up. I got one hand up. My hands are yes. raised. My other hand's holding a glass of water. I get goosebumps every time I'm reading in the books. So scary, turn the page, and I'm really shook. Matter of fact, I'm real happy because I'm reading books. Where am I grabbing it? From a nook. Now we Coming through with some goosebump sounds, and we coming all around, coming to your town. Town. Matter of fact, don't get so scared that you might just dookie, Dookie. just listen to what I say and stay spooky. Spooky. We got Danny sitting over there, sitting real comfy in her green little chair. Joey Cliff hopping on the track today. (sighs) Maybe that's all I got to say. Cause this a <laughs> nerdy rap coming back like I'm coming through the trap. Matter of fact, I might come through and do a super wrestling match. People in the DMs asking for the wrestling episode, but I'm like, hey, 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 homie, just hold.
4: Ooh. Ooh.
3: Starting off with some
5: bars.
4: Dropping that good stuff. Uh, that has been a
5: great show, everybody. Thanks and for that's it. Uh, <laughs>
4: thanks for coming in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, catch us next time.
5: Honestly, I'd listen to a podcast that was just that for three minutes. Oh,
3: man. If if uh, Dope Town wasn't already doing it, that that's what my podcast <laughs> Joey, was.
4: Joey, I was going to say, that is what you would call a song.
5: Actually. Oh. Oh, oh, yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, okay. I would listen
4: yeah. to a three-minute yeah, little diddle. Yeah, yeah. Little
5: yeah. Little yeah. Tw- diddly. Three minutes with like a chorus and a good hook and like sang by somebody I love. Li- oh, oh, man. Just just a 12 track podcast. Yeah, it's like CD. a me. <laughs>
4: yeah.
3: All right. Yep, and you you heard that right. Uh for for those who are just super confused because they're not up on the hip hops that was Travis Scott's Goosebumps Ooh. uh instrumental. So it was a nice little fake out. Mm-mm. Everyone thought I was doing the regular theme. I was like, <laughs> check it out. Um it, the instrumental just totally threw me off because the, the, the courses I get goosebumps every time and I forgot where it went. So I just started freestyle. Yeah, that's okay. It was yeah, good. It's all good. Um, but yeah, so we have Joey Cliff today. Hey, hey everybody. Hey. It's me. Yeah. Writer,
5: yeah. Mm-hmm. comedian, performer, uh, performer, cat
4: enthusiast, currently writing on Nerdist News with Jessica Chobot. Yeah, yeah. that's me.
5: That's the things I do.
4: I oh. am also at that channel. Oh, uh, yeah.
5: I wrote for a show that Danny hosted.
4: Yeah, you wrote on Natural Selection. Yeah, yeah. it was super
5: fun.
3: Uh, let's uh, take one quick second to talk about your uh, underground cat network. Uh, uh, finally, that it's, has, the I,
5: it's the thing. thing I always go on yeah, podcasts yeah, that, to promote. Yeah, that's
3: that's you know uh, that's exploded because you know for those who don't know, uh, for
5: those they, who don't know, cats are great. Yeah, cats <laughs> are great.
3: But we're gonna have to take two steps back before jumping in. So the first step is there used to be something called the, the UCB Underground Network. Yeah, and then that turned into. A monstrous place that UCB no longer wanted to be associated with, so it had to be changed to the LA
5: Comedy, it was the LA Underground Comedy Network. Network. And, and like, because we're comedians, everybody decided to make like fake versions of it. So, somebody made like an LA Underground Baseball Network where people talk about baseball, an LA Underground like Hat Network where people talk about hats. So, uh, I just started posting pictures of cats in all these networks, and somebody said. Hey, you should just make an LA underground cat network, and I did, and it got very popular very quickly.
3: Yeah,
5: now it's Who got knew? it's got uh eight thousand members. Whoa. Uh, it's uh really, it's it's the most creatively fulfilling thing I've ever made. I do yeah. not
4: belong in there at all, as I oh, am yeah. a dog person to the core it's it's
3: okay it was funny because you know ronnie from white women i would see him commenting in there and i thought he was doing bits but he was like having genuine conversation about cats well
5: that's that's what i love about it is like that's what i realized in creating it is um there are so many people that like want to talk about their cats yeah like and they're just excited to talk about them their phones are full of cat pictures but they feel embarrassed like you know posting on regular facebook or twitter or instagram or whatever so like this group basically allows like legit comedians to just geek out about their cats
3: yeah it's it's such a fun space then there was like some drama there too where oh yeah yeah. <laughs> I, like,
5: yeah sometimes i like sometimes there's drama i like i, I put the hard ban whenever anybody does anything not cat related
4: are you the only <laughs> moderator
5: um okay so i was the administrator for like the first it's been around for two years So for the, for the first year and a half and then it just got so big like mm-hmm. once we started getting like i don't know i think like seven thousand people i just i'm busy i'm working a bunch of writing jobs so i got a Haley Mancini and a guy named Judd Pratt to uh, co-moderate it with me. And uh, it's great. We've got, like, a group chat where we post a lot of cat pictures as Aww. well as, like... Oh, like this thread's getting a little bit spicy. We should watch it. <laughs>
4: <It's> <laughs> we love like, oh, spicy. Somebody's
5: thinking about talking about dogs on this thread. We got to put a stop uh, that. That would be the... me.
4: I'm going to infiltrate. I'm going to no. infiltrate. I used to have cats. In fact, I got to do, you know, me and my impressions, Iffy. I'm so good at them. Um, This is my cat would always sound like he was talking. My cat Oreo would sound like he was Oreo, words. very good
5: cat name, by the way. Um,
4: and my other one was Snickers. Uh, I got I love when cats I, was named 10. After, I like
5: cats named after food. It's uh, I think thing. I originally
4: wanted to call him Crystal or Tiffany uh, back, which is uh. like uh, very t- 10 year old thing to want to name your cat Uh, but then turn out he was a girl or no was a boy um, and I still could have kept it at Tiffany but um, okay so this is Oreo he would when he would say when he would talk let me see if I can do it
2: hello aww mom Ah. Hello. Um, That's how we sounded.
5: So I, uh, on top of doing that, I, I host a show at UCB where I just interview people about their cats, called Chats on Cats. Uh, <laughs> during great. one of the shows, I played footage of a cat saying, I love you. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, and it uh, got such a good reaction that I had to stop and replay the video like six times. <laughs> <laughs> there was like a 30 second applause and cheer break every time after I'd play it.
4: Hello, people Mom. love talking
3: cats. People
5: love talking cats, wow. really. I mean, once cats learn how to talk, we're done for as people.
4: Yes. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, so today we're talking about uh, a little goosey and a little bumpies. Oh, yeah. The Goosebumps. The goose, uh, Joey. Before we get into it, what was what was your earliest memory of Goosebumps?
5: So my uh, earliest memory of Goosebumps is um, when I was in elementary school. I was really into just all things short, scary stories. So like, if you guys remember those books, Scary Stories to Tell in mm-hmm. the Dark, with like, the really creepy drawings in them. I would always, like, check Which those Gilmore out the library. Which Guillermo del is doing now. Oh, yeah. I'm real excited about that. And, like, he's basing the character designs on those original, like, really creepy designs. God, the
4: Harold one or the one with, like, the stuffed oh, yeah, man. The, the stuffed
5: D- man. Like, the the girl with, like, the so, spider coming uh-huh, out of her yeah. face. Yeah. Um, so uh, off of that, I was just always looking for, like, new scary stories to read. And I remember, like, the Albertsons near where I grew up started stocking these, these books called Goosebumps books. And I didn't necessarily know a ton about them. But I think I was just running out of stuff to read and i just saw i think it was like the first monster blood or something like that mm. um and i saw that on the shelf picked it up because it was like 5 bucks or something like that read through it in a day really liked it so i just like had my mom kind of like get me a bunch of them and i went through and got all the back copies and really just like every month like the day that they like were released in my like local operations since i'd like pick up a copy and read through it
4: mm. Yeah, Albertsons, bring yeah. it back. I don't even know. Do those still exist? I
5: think that I'm, I'm from Washington State, so like I we th- had think
4: them. I grew up in Orange County here in oh, California. Okay. And they it. had them. Yeah,
5: I think that they they have to still exist. I think that they're like owned by Kroger now or something yeah. like that. But I think that they're still technically listeners.
4: Let us know. Is there an Albertsons in <laughs> your yeah, place? Yeah. What about Blockbuster? <laughs> Um, <laughs> just one
5: person's like, yes, I live next to the one blockbuster in Oregon. Yeah,
4: yeah. That one, is that the only one that's still, the only uh, one that's I thought still it out. was the, the one in Alaska. The Alaska was... one
5: just shut down. There's oh, okay. one in Oregon that still exists that like the guys just said like, I make no money off of this. I'm thinking about making it a historic monument.
4: Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, yeah. It's and like people so, might visit. It could yeah, be like a road trip thing. It's
5: somewhere in like, uh, I think Eastern or, or eastern or Western Oregon or something like that. It's like west of Portland. I want to say in like Eugene or mm. something.
4: Listeners, if you live next to the blockbuster, please send us a photo. Yeah, please
5: send us a receipt from that blockbuster. <laughs> just we need proof. I know
4: it's like you don't even have to return those, do you? you yeah, can, yeah. Please do for that one person that's still working it.
5: Yeah, yeah if you if you happen to be next to that blockbuster, if you could rent a copy of I'm going to say the original Independence Day and mail it to me, <laughs> uh, I'd really appreciate it. I will not return it.
4: You can just watch it on FX every July Fourth. Oh uh,
5: yeah, but I want to watch it now. It's I like, hear July Fourth. like I don't know what nine months from now.
4: Yeah, get TiVo it or TiVo. That's not a thing anymore. Look, I DBR, only own a VCR. Okay. I only
5: own a VCR. Okay,
4: moving along, moving <laughs> along. Ify, um, can you tell us about some of the history of R.L. Stein? Yeah,
3: yeah. R.L. Stein, or known as Robert Lawrence Stein. I guess he wasn't known. <laughs> Spooky as. name. I know that Robert that was his, Lawrence. I you know. I can see why he just went by R.L. Yeah. right, you know. Uh, but he was also sometimes known as Jovial Bob Stein or Eric Affaby. Uh, a
5: funny story there. Uh, he used to write joke books. Oh. And that's why he went by Jovial Bob Stein. That was his pin name when he wrote just like, it was literally just like 40 jokes to tell at a party or whatever.
4: <laughs> Iffy, what if you were Jokester, Iffy Wadiway? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. uh, we know people that have like names like that. I feel like
5: I would be like Jokey Clift. Oh, it's like Joey Clift, yeah. but Jokey Clift. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Joke fee. Yeah, joke, joke fee. fee. Joke fee's good. Joke fee, Shakude. Wait, Danny, what, what, what would your what would oh, your uh, your hacky comedy book writing name be?
4: Um, I don't know. What, it's what like are Danny D- Danny
5: Ha Nandez? Yeah, there you go. Danny yeah. Slapper. Yeah, yeah, Danny oh, Slapper that's Fernandez.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's good. That's a, store that one. <laughs> uh, so he was born uh, October eighth of nineteen forty three in Columbus, Ohio, a spooky place. I, Ohio is spooky. Yeah, it is spooky. Uh, I
4: went. Uh, just side little fact: my uh, ex ex husband was in, uh, grew up in Ohio, and he took me to the Witch's Ball, which is a real place. Um, it's this large marble ball in, and Ohio people, if you know about this, let me know. Um, it's in a cemetery that you have to like park and walk to, but apparently a witch is buried under this marble ball they said like a woman that killed her family. And the, and the rumor is that they buried her standing up and put this huge marble, marble ball over I actually looked it up because I'm like, that's not a cool thing, you know? Given <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, You know yeah. what I mean? You're back like, oh, when you're little and you're like, oh, witch, And they're like, oh, that was but probably so an innocent like... woman. Um, but I looked it up and I don't know if that's even a real if that's actually what happened. Okay,
5: so she killed her family. I feel like the distinction between witch and murderer is very murky.
4: Actually, <laughs> yeah, witches don't really murder people. Um that's just a thing that and they're also not like satanists most of the time. I don't yeah, know. I've wicked. been studying like, witchcraft and they're Yeah, like it's they're its own not, thing. Yeah, and they more it just was anyways. That's a whole other. well, <laughs> We should do one on witchcraft.
5: Spooky. Uh
4: yeah, but so Columbus, Ohio. <laughs> <laughs>
5: Is a spooky place. I think it's interesting that his nickname is the Stephen King of children's literature. Like, that's such a cool but also lame nickname.
3: Yeah, yeah, like, like I would, it it would be such a...
5: (laughs) It's like you're the Mozart of jingles. Yeah, yeah, I
3: was like, oh man, if you're like the Dave Chappelle of children's television
4: <laughs> you're the dave chapelle of podcasting yeah
5: yeah, yeah. <laughs>
3: uh, that's a lot harder than like making it for kids you know even though you know some things for kids are fun and good uh, uh spooky stuff maybe not so much have you went back and seen are you afraid of the dark not as scary as i remember uh <laughs> but i digress uh he graduated from osu ohio state university in 1965 with a Bachelor of Arts in English. and
4: He while- used his degree. He's like the only English major that yeah. <laughs> used their degree.
5: Yeah, what's really scary here is the amount of people that don't use their major. Ooh, <laughs> student real- loans. Yeah. <laughs> oh,
4: <laughs> Disappointment man. from your parents. Yeah.
5: Man, that, what a what a
3: shift that would be if Hollywood just got empty and communications jobs just got impacted with people. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's like, you know, uh, t- 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 Communications, what, what, is, what about communications attracts so many people who really want to chase their dreams? We'll find out another episode of Nerdificent. On this episode, we're going to talk about R.L. Stein at OSU, who uh, edited the OSU Humor magazine, foreshadowing that, uh, that joke book that Joey was talking about. And uh, the magazine was called The Sundial, and it was for three out of his four years there. He later moved to New York City to pursue his career as a writer.
4: Yeah, and so he ended up writing a dozen of humor books for kids under the name Jovial Bob Stein, and created the humor magazine Bananas. So Bananas was for teenagers, and it was published by Scholastic Press. It had seventy-two issues that ran between nineteen seventy-five and nineteen eighty-four. Did you know about that? Did you ever?
5: I I didn't know about it, but um, okay. So this is maybe a deep pull. Um, I didn't know until recently that he was such a hu- like such a humor writer. But a friend of mine who uh, does shows at the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater in New York actually got R.L. R. Stein to agree to have an entire late night show based around him. They did live at New- UCB New York.
2: Whoa. And originally
5: I was like, oh, that's crazy that, like, the Goosebumps writer would agree to have a late night talk show based around him and, like, had written by him. But, like, with all of his humor background, I guess that makes sense. The show's called Nightly. Wait, night
4: so, late. He, so he was there? Like, yeah, every... so he, he
5: hosted. It was, like... The Tonight Show was Jimmy Fallon, but hosted by R. L. Stein. Do
4: they have did they film any of them?
5: Um they probably filmed it. I'm not sure if it's available online, but you can find like sketches of it on online. The um the show's called Night Late. The premise of the show is that they get a different celebrity or weird figure to basically have a late night talk show built around them every oh. month. So they had like like Drew Carey's done it. Um, okay, yeah,
4: that makes sense. Like
5: but R.L. Stein, like my friend's the his name's Eric Cunningham, he like co created the show. And I saw he was getting Earl Stein. I was like, "What?" And he was like, "Oh yeah, no. He like wrote comedy for years in college." Yeah. I can't remember wow. if
4: any of his books I felt like had comedy, but maybe. But that was,
5: I mean, that was sort of what Goosebumps book joke. That's that's sort of what Goosebumps books were, and that that's what made them for kids is that they were scary books, but they also had just like moments of comedy to undercut the tension. So, like, uh, I think that he referenced uh, like one of his favorite characters in a Goosebumps book is I want to say like King Jelly Jam in um I think it was like. Escape from Camp Jelly Jam or whatever was the book and um, that's a character that would enslave uh, athletic kids to bathe him because he smelled so badly that he, need- he needed to be bathed 24 hours a day. <laughs> what? <laughs> and he, uh, like at the end of the book, all the kids are freed and they all escape and uh, King Jelly Jam uh, died because he smelled so bad because nobody wow. bathed him. So it's like that's like a joke. That's yeah. like a funny thing, right? Yeah. Like a comedy oh, yeah, writer, hundred percent. So it's like that. Those details, I think, were already always interspersed.
4: Right. Um, God, he has such a weird mind. He is yeah. like Stephen King. Um, He's just a weirdo. Yeah, he's a weirdo. So in 1986, Stein wrote his first horror novel, which was called Blind Date. God, that already sounds terrifying. Uh, He followed with many other novels, including The Babysitter, Beach House, Hit and Run, and The Girlfriend. He was also the co-creator and head writer for the Nickelodeon Network children's uh, TV show Eureka's Castle. actually,
5: I didn't know that until recently. That's crazy. coming
4: back full circle. That was just
5: a normal kid's show. I mean, it was a weird kid's show, but that was still just a kid's show. Yeah. Yeah.
4: And then in 1989, he started writing Fear Street books. I do remember those. Yeah. Fear Street Fear was Street. that heat.
5: Fear Street yeah. was that heat. Uh, yeah. And that
4: was that was right before the Goosebumps series. And those were
5: like teen horror novels. So it was a lot of just like teenagers in, in scary situations.
4: Yeah. So he had a couple of other things. He authored three humorous science fiction books in uh, the Space Cadet series titled Jerks in Training, Bozos, uh, on, Bozo's Patrol. on Patrol. Bozos on Patrol. Some good
5: goofs there. <laughs> Bozos on Patrol. And
4: Losers in Space. And then in 1992, Stein and Parachute Press went on to launch Goosebumps.
5: There was actually- um, there was a parody series of Goosebumps that was released in the mid-90s called Goof Lumps that, uh, like, wasn't written by Earl Stein, but now seeing that he's got such a humor background, I wonder if he—they released two books, and I think that if one of them— he owns them. If he, like, owns them, and if he's just like, yeah, like, if it's, like, a hat tip of, like, yeah, one comedy writer to another.
4: yeah. Um. So this was. This is what he had to say on horror. I think horror is funny. Horror makes me laugh in a movie theater when you the shark mean? comes up and starts eating. You did laugh. We watched huh. Halloween together. Well, Halloween
3: had solid, strong jokes. Huh. Uh, but when the faces are smashed up and people getting knife related. Nah, I'm not laughing. We, I'm I think screwed. we laughed
4: at – so Iffy and I went um opening weekend, and we watched the latest Halloween, which uh, did great in the box yeah. office. Yeah, it was number one. Um, With Jamie Lee Curtis, yeah. of course. And we were cracking up way too much. But also there was legit humor because I don't know if people noticed, but Danny McBride wrote on it. Uh, and and several of those scenes, I was like, this is 100% Danny's humor. <laughs> when,
5: like, Comedy and horror movies is so good because it just cuts the tension, you know? It's For like, sure it's
4: necessary. And there so there are you things have, like
5: a quiet place that you want to be scary all the time, yeah. but like if it's like a slasher flick, you want it to be You kind have like of an windy.
4: up and a down. Yeah. yeah. Um so this is his quote. I think horror this is from R. Stein. I think horror is funny. Horror makes me laugh in a movie theater when the shark comes up and starts eating the kid. I'm in the theater laughing. That monster. I just <laughs> I did um one of my friends made me see The Meg and we saw it in 4D. Which means you, yep. Yeah, which means we paid extra for it, but yeah. also there was like water splashing in our face. And uh, yeah, that'd be
5: fun for the Meg.
4: We laughed a lot. Uh, I just never get scared. There's something missing in my brain where if I'm reading a Stephen King novel or I'm at a horror movie, I just laugh. Writing this stuff hasn't really affected me at all. I just, I think it's funny. And goosebumps every chapter end is a punchline.
3: Oh, what you just uh, pointed out.
5: Joey ahead of the curve. Yeah, yeah did it. Ruining the flow of the show. None no, no,
3: you're enhancing it.
5: Oh, thanks, man.
3: Yeah, Goosebumps is a collection of novels that were uh, basically most of the time one-shoot stories. Yeah, it was like an anthology yeah. series. Anthology series of just spooky dooky stories, and then sometimes you had to choose your own adventure ones, which were, those were yeah, those so were cool.
5: those were like make I think it was like make your own Goosebumps or something yeah. like that. Yeah, they made fifty of those. Um, I remember I didn't get as into those, but they were good stuff.
3: Oh, yeah. No, I used to, you know, when you're like, I'm going to just read this, but you had yeah. your fingers like, no, I'm going to go back. I didn't want that Yeah, one. it was a
5: lot of like, yeah, you like save Same. the Same. Something yeah. that's like really funny about, uh, I think it was uh, Choose Your Own Goosebumps, was um, like, sometimes there would be like trivia at the end of a, of a chapter of like previous Goosebumps things. So it's like. If you know who the main character of the Haunted Mask was, flip to this page. Oh. If you yes. think it's this, go to this page. So it was like homework to read other goosebumps <laughs> books. Great marketing technique. Yeah, yeah, fair, yeah.
3: fair. That was that was the earliest version of DLC right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you better
5: you better figure this out or yeah. you gonna die. Yeah, if you don't know what happens in Monster Blood 3, then
4: sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um so we're actually gonna take a quick ad break and then we're gonna get into some of our favorite goosebumps. Right after this.
6: (laughs) Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year. Equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined.
1: at Edu,
4: And we're back. So we're going to get into some of our favorite ones. But before we do, let's talk about the first ever Goosebumps book. So it was yes. Welcome to Deadhouse. That was number one. It was released July of 1992. Did you read all of them?
5: Oh, yeah, 100%. Some? Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, Welcome to Deadhouse was so creepy. Uh, so basically it was the story of... Um, a family, a, a common theme in Arlston stories is that a family moves, either moves from out of town or a kid like visits a family member that's from out of town. Both
4: things, by the way, frightening to children. Yeah. Oh, like yeah. Totally. Moving to a brand new just town. Change. Yeah, change. Um. So um, this was the Benson family moves to the town of Dark Falls. Yeah,
5: they move to the town of Dark Falls. They move into this house that's really creepy. One of the kids, it's a family with like, I think it's like two kids and a dog. One of the kids starts to see just like, weird creepy looking children in their house that will disappear and they start to realize that they don't really see like during the daytime anybody in like the neighborhood that they live in and then they slowly realize that the reason that they do that that they're that they're only seeing people at night is that all these people are ghosts and the only thing that keeps them alive is that um people that live in the house that this family just, me- um, just moved to need to be sacrificed once a year in order to keep these ghosts in existence for another year. Mm-hmm. So the family gets wise to this. Um, they uh, manage to stop the um, the guy that sold them the house. I think they, like, I, think, I forget exactly how they do it. They, like, hit him with a wrench or something like that. <laughs> a spooky ghost wrench. Um, and, um, like, then the family gets away, and then as they're leaving, they see this, like, ghostly guy basically, like, uh introducing the house to another family and another family's getting ready mm-hmm. to move in. So that that's kind of the twist at the end is that this this place yeah. always will. You
4: know what? I know escrow doesn't work like that. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs>
5: yeah, there's a lot of things wrong with this story, R.L. Stein.
4: <laughs> yeah. So um there is a scene where the Benson kids melt a ghost face off of its skull, which is pretty intense yeah. for Goosebumps book. Best like, face melting.
5: And like R.L. Stein said in interviews that like that um He didn't think he got the formula right with this one. He he thought it was a a bit too scary because before this, he was writing for teenagers with the Fear Street series, whereas this was like aged 9 to 12. And like if you like go back and read it, this book is like legit terrifying. And, like, it got a little bit softer as the series went on, but, like, I don't know, it's great. It's, like, a good start to the Goosebumps.
4: Scary so. Stories to Tell in the Dark is pretty terrifying, though. And those oh, yeah. were in my elementary school, yeah. uh, re- like, Scholastic or whatever book fairs. But I think that
5: those, those had to have been written in, like, the 80s or something, right?
4: Yeah, when, like, it was okay to... <laughs> well, it's just,
5: like, they were, like, less aware of it. They didn't care it. about it as much. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
4: <laughs> Joey, do you want to talk about one of your favorite ones, though?
5: Okay, so um, my... Top of the list favorite Goosebumps book is uh, a book called One Day at Horrorland.
4: I was going to say, too, because a lot of people remember the covers. So I just wanted to say the cover of Welcome to Dead House is a haunted house where a man with a heavy brow is making a fire in the fireplace while the door is open. So, yeah.
5: So um, my favorite Goosebumps book is One Day at Horrorland. uh, The cover of it has a sign that says Welcome to Horrorland with like, a spooky monster kind of peeking his head over the sign. Um, The basic premise of this is that um, uh, a family called the Morris family is um, on a road trip and um, their car breaks down um, outside of this weird haunted theme park. And I think that their car like explodes outside of the theme park too. (laughs) And then uh, somebody working the theme park just says, hey, we'll take care of it. Don't worry about it. You can hang out in this theme park while we're figuring out. Here are some free tickets. So they go to this theme park and as you expect, a bunch of monsters show up and um, they're they're basically the entire time that they're in the theme park uh, convinced to stay there because there's like a contest to win a free car. Eventually, oh my gosh, just yeah, conveniently, yeah, what like, conveniently, <laughs> conveniently what they need. It's they need. So that convinced them to stay. Monsters start showing up. Um, they run for the monsters. Um, they eventually learn that the only way to beat the monsters is by pinching them because apparently they're like balloons. So if you pinch them, they deflate. <laughs> and uh, this is a real thing Arlstein uh very he's a real cut up real funny guy
4: love, yeah you're so, right
5: yeah don't so take they, it too seriously so they uh, pinch all these monsters to um, they're called the monsters are called the horrors to um get them to deflate and they jump into this free car that they find and drive away and then when they get home they realize that one of the horrors was like clutching onto the bumper oh. of the car and they're really terrified and the last page of the book is the horror apologizing for scaring them and then offering them free tickets to go back to the park if they want to go <laughs> and then the horror leaves. And like what I like about this is I think that this is one of the few Goosebumps books that ends with a relatively happy ending. Okay. Um, usually the way that these end is like it ends with some sense of like, oh, like, you know, everybody's going to die or like, oh, this the, this is going to continue where this just ends with like, yeah, the family's car got destroyed and they left with a free car and like the monster followed them and the monster just gave them free tickets back to the theme park which they probably won't take up on it uh, or which they probably won't take the monster up on it and um i don't know it's just it's the family is left relatively unscathed and there is a it's a nice it's nice to read a goosebumps book that kind of the twist doesn't have an edge, I guess. Yeah.
4: The thing that I like about this is that the family is involved because I've been watching um, The Haunting of Hill House, which I love. I think it's great. But like that and, and just in horror and scary movies in general, I feel a lot of times the parents don't believe the kids. Yeah. And that bothers me so much because I made this point on Twitter. I'm like, if my child were to be like, I saw a ghost, I would a 1,000% believe them just because they're so much more sensitive. I'd be like, this house is haunted. This house <laughs> is haunted. I believe you. Um, But it seems, uh, I think it's nice for kids to have their parents believe. That. Like in this, you know, in a lot of, I don't know if that's always the case in his books, but in this one in general, I like... I mean, in this one in particular, I like the fact that the parents were also like, holy crap, there are monsters. We also
5: understand this is crazy.
4: Yeah, yeah. But what I'm saying is just, like, I feel that's a common theme in scary movies where people gaslight children. They just yeah. don't believe them.
5: Well, it's just like, no, don't worry. Your friend that disappeared, like, right. and we heard this crazy scream, that was probably just a dog or whatever. And you have
4: scratches on your back, and I yeah. know, you, you know, you probably just got in a fight with a kid at school.
5: Yeah, it is just, it's a weird horror movie trope that, like, if it's like lazy writing because it basically just makes it so it's like oh, we're earning another 30 minutes of this movie for the parent to realize there's a monster. Yeah. Whereas, like, the more fun choice is, like, no, the parents are on board, too. There are monsters. So now they got to figure this out together. I just
4: feel like if I... I would definitely believe a kid of like, there's, you know, kids are scary themselves. And yeah. when they draw those little pictures, like, oh, who's the girl with the all the black hair in front yeah, of her it's face? Just like, it's just
5: like, <laughs> oh, cool. So you drew this drawing of all your friends, and then there's a giant guy with a knife who, yeah. you, name, who, who you call, like... The, I don't know, like the knife guy? Yeah. Oh, man, I should probably look into that. Hey,
4: Sally, you drew Jesus upside down on the cross. Yeah. Um, why? And then just it says,
5: die, die, die next to his head. Uh, you okay?
4: <laughs> Anyways, I like that the family was involved in this. Um, yeah. Ify, do you have a favorite Goosebumps book? I know you wanted to share.
3: Yeah. Oh, yeah, that, whew, that was a good ending. Uh, sorry, I was just getting a no, refresher. That's cool. So my favorite so the way I picked a lot of my Goosebumps books was the cover, and that's one thing okay. I want to say. And like the the art is amazing. Yeah, the like- artwork for the covers were so good, and that's when I looked up the list of the books because I was tracking down my book. I had like huge nostalgia just seeing all
5: these covers again. I just want to say the the guy that wrote the that painted the most memorable cover covers is a guy named Tim Jacobus. Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, yeah, he like would hand paint them every month. Um, they
4: look hand painted. Yeah, they're yeah. great.
5: So freaking good. Like, uh, I'll I'll make my way up to like
3: the one that I am doing, but I just want to shout out some of these dope covers. So the one that the cover that scared me the most was the Barking Ghosts. Which if oh, you yeah. haven't seen that one, it's yeah. literally the most terrifying dog you've ever seen in your life. Yeah, it's like
5: white with red eyes, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And
3: it's and it's completely dark the cover. And I and when I saw that one, I was like, oh, I remember that one.
5: Well that's like I don't usually have uh like nostalgia that hits me in movies. Like Ready Player One didn't do a ton for me, but the end of the first Goosebumps movie when they're just doing stylized like crazy 3D drawings or re- and renders of Goosebumps covers, yeah. I like got chills. I got yeah. goosebumps, you might say. Ooh. Ooh. Uh,
4: mine, I think, is that as far as covers is Night of the Living Dummy. That oh yeah. Dummy is just oh. Uh, oh no, that's keeps a coming creepy back. Dummy.
5: Monster Blood Two with the hamster on the cover is the one that just like it's just that's gonna be in my mind forever.
3: Yeah. Uh, and then I think the second runner-up was Attack of the Mutant, just because it looked so cool, and yeah. then it turns out to be. A pretty uh, creepy story. It's it basically this like bootleg Batman looking cat, uh, who uh, <laughs> who's like swinging at it. But the one that I picked and the one that I remember so greatly reading is it mostly because I could not, I didn't um, expect it to be what it ended up being. It was called the Beast from the East, which oh, right, was right. was the it was this beast on a bamboo tree, blue and furry. It looks kind of cute. But looks kind of creepy and i was like where's this going and the concept of the beast from the east is this family they go on this uh camping trip in the forest and these kids run into these blue beasts and they have to play basically a game of tag but uh with a ca- caveat is if they lose then the beasts get to eat them uh and so what ends up happening is uh they get the rules and one of the rules is if they're in the the brown square the free eat square the beast can eat them no matter what and they they have to find this tree by sundown and all of these different events happen uh one of them ends up getting captured they end up winning but they kind of cheat and they say oh because you know the Game wasn't called over, you still lose. And while they're getting ready to cook them, the brother who was captured escapes and saves them. And they surmise that because the brother, this move is actually a complicated move in their like weird bear tribe, yeah. And they're like, Oh, since they knew to do that move, they must be level three. And you were playing against level one, uh, so oh, yeah, y- yeah, yeah. you're playing against level one. So y- sorry for making you play, it doesn't count and then it in, in the twist is uh, uh flag so flag is the name of the leader and goes flag apologizes for making the kids play the game and lets them go flag even gives the kids directions back to the campsite the kids follow flag's directions but they are surprised by a beast ginger says that beast can't tag them since they are level 3 but the beast reveals that he is also level 3
5: and tags ginger yeah 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 dun, 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 dun,
3: dun, dun. Such a
5: good. <laughs> yeah, that's like just about every Goosebumps book has just like a, just a twist like that. That's like, oh, they're still fucked. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm.
4: um, I was gonna say mine is. Uh the haunted mask the haunted mask it uh is a picture of a little girl in overalls but she's holding up a terrifying mask and this was about this haunted me not only because of the book which i had but i also had the vhs of the episode oh, yeah. um so this was uh carly beth buys a halloween mask from a store it's super haunting in the um in the uh Movie of it or the TV show. After putting on the mask, she starts acting differently. She gets super aggressive, uh, and then the mask gets stuck to her face. So this actually was inspired by R.L. Stein's son Matthew Stein, who put on a mask and then had trouble trouble getting it off during Halloween. Uh, um, Dad. Yeah. I just remember how terrifying it was and like her, like the mask becoming part of her skin. Like she couldn't find like where it stopped and ended. Um, And I don't know. That's so creepy. And I had a mask just like this. So this came out in this with the 11th book in the Goosebumps series and uh, came out in 1993.
5: Uh, Yeah. My, my, uh, a really good twist at the end of that was um, she finally gets the mask off. She, um, you know like takes it back to the shop that she bought it from and then she comes home and the last page of the book is she sees that her brother was like hey check out this scary mask and he puts it on yeah yeah, yeah. um so uh my uh my next couple favorite goosebumps books would be pretty much the entire like monster blood saga um they made four of them monster blood 1 2 3 and 4 um they they basically ran the gamut i think that the the final uh, main Goosebumps book was Monster Blood 4, and like usually one would come out every 10 issues or so. And the basic premise of it is that there was a wizard uh, or a witch named Sarabeth that um, took like kind of a silly putty-esque substance and um, used a magic spell to cause it to grow, kind of like the blob. Hmm. So it Sounds um, a
3: lot like Rita from Power Rangers to uh, me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Putty, man. making
5: things grow. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Uh, yeah, so basically... Uh, this, uh, this monster blood is used to make like in the second one, like a hamster eats some and then grows to a huge size. The first oh, one, I yeah. think a dog eats some and then grows, to, grows really huge. And then basically these, uh, these people have to, or the, you know, the teens that are always in it, um, it's, uh, Evan Ross and Andy are their names. Um, they have to figure out a way to stop this giant thing that's grown in the, in monster blood Two, one of the kids comes up with a solution when the um, hamster gets to the size of being like building sized. Where he eats some, and then he's like, oh, "I gotta fight this hamster." Yeah, he <laughs> so grows gigantic, and then he just has a brawl with a hamster. Oh, that's great! Um, uh, something that I think is funny about this series is um, there's a huge plot hole, and they establish um, at the end of Monster Blood One. Um, I think that what they like they the the witch Serabeth, uh, you know, comes to life, and they manage to defeat her, and they realize that once the monster blood hits an expiration date, then it loses all of its magical power. So that happens at the start, at the end of the first monster blood, you know, the witch passes away, the monster blood expires. But then for some reason, the monster blood still works in monster blood two and three and four, but they don't really explain why or how. Yeah. Um, And then in monster blood four, there's like a really weird twist where they find blue monster blood that like kind of turns into these weird slug monsters. And like when you eat them, it doesn't make you grow. It just makes you multiply. So that's
4: cool, he, yeah,
5: so it's uh God, someone very...
4: needs to make like a video game like or a movie. Monster blood is the coolest name that's like <laughs> I
5: watched um so watching like the first Goosebumps movie and the most recent Goosebumps movie that just came out a couple weeks ago, they haven't touched monster blood at all. They'll reference it as like a throwaway joke like oh. like Jack Blacks Arlstein will say like, oh what what should I do? use monster blood on him uh-huh. but they haven't actually had monster blood appear in either movie. Okay. So I think that like, If you're Sony and you're trying to figure out how to make a Goosebumps movie, like make like give us a Monster Blood movie. There's four Monster Blood books to pick from. Do
4: it, Monster Blood. Remember that. Remember that like weird that like monster truck movie that came out. Oh Oh, yeah,
5: I think it was literally called just like Monster Truck. Monster Truck.
4: It was like the truck was alive. Um, I wanted to say before we move on to the next one. So I touched on the living dummy, which was super, and I remember we talked about how that was a Twilight Zone episode too.
5: I mean, a lot of these were like blatant ripoffs of other things.
4: Yeah, say cheese and die, yeah, which was die. a where it takes a picture and then you see um, is it you see yourself dead it's or like you, see... you see
5: yourself in a position of bad luck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that is
4: literally a Twilight Zone episode. Um,
5: and like funny story, uh, like the Are You Afraid of the Dark actually did an episode that. Seemed like a blatant ripoff of Say Cheese and Die, which I think they're they're both probably looking in yeah. the Twilight Zone episode. And then when the Goosebumps TV series came out, they made essentially their own. Say, yeah, and there's Die a ton
4: of them. Um, of just um, which, like a
5: spooky camera,
4: which I respect because now it's for you know not all those kids are gonna watch Twilight Zone. But I did want to say not- but they
5: should. They
4: sh- for sure. I watched it when I was little, <laughs> and it, it changed me and my mom. My mom watched it when she was little. Um, so Living du- So Night of the Living Dummy was actually a saga because there was. Living Dummy. Uh, there was like
5: seven of
4: them. There was Night of the Living Dummy Two and Night of the Living Dummy Three, and I would be remiss if I didn't say that it was starring Slappy, yeah, the dummy, who we later see. I mean, we saw in the TV series, which was super creepy, yeah, the and yeah. he's also in the movies, so he he's is the man definitely in he's he's like. To me, almost like the Crypt Keeper or something for uh, Tales from the Crypt. Like he is there. He's kind of like the mascot, I feel like, of Goosebumps.
5: They actually have, um, they have a, there's a currently running Goosebumps book series called Slappy Land that literally is. Oh, that's so cool. Like it's, it's Tales from the Crypt, but each story is narrate, is like introduced by Slappy. Yeah. Um, and like, uh, I, I forget the, the name of the character, but there actually is a Goosebumps mascot that's like a skeleton with a mohawk.
4: Oh, really? No, it's, it's slappy. Like, I think it's, it's called, slappy. like, Willie
5: the Skeleton or whatever.
4: No, Willie the Skeleton. It's like, I
5: think that if you buy, like, on the inside page of the book, it's just like, ask Willie or whatever.
4: <laughs> so, Joey, why don't you tell us one more of your favorite Goosebumps? I'm sure everyone's going down nostalgia lane right now.
5: So my uh, final favorite Goosebumps book, it would be Goosebumps number 30. It's called It Came From Beneath the Sink. And the premise of it is um, a family lives in a house, and they find this, like, weird sponge underneath their sink and um like i think that uh like the daughter of the family finds this sponge and realizes that it's breathing Ew. and um they she doesn't entirely know what the deal is with it but she realizes that whenever she has it that she experiences bad luck and then the sponge will like make a noise <laughs> and people around her will experience bad luck so um like she tries to get rid of this thing because she realizes oh this is some mythical beast that's causing bad luck. I, I forget the exact name of it, but there's like a specific name in the book for this mythical beast that is this sponge that creates bad luck and feeds on bad luck. And um like she tries to bury it like under her yard, but it like kills all the plants that her dad just planted. So her dad's like, "Oh, why'd you do that?" Um she doesn't believe her. She tries to like give it away, but I think that every time that she gives it away, it like appears back in her house. Um I, they like they realize that like if you If you try to get rid of the sponge, like the only way to get rid of it is to die and it's passed on to somebody else. What? <laughs> or uh, you um like, or if you give it away, you will die within a day of getting rid of it. So finally, she learns that the way to get rid of this thing after like it really messes her up, like it makes her like accidentally cut her hands with scissors and do a bunch of other stuff. Um, she learns that like it feeds on fear, so the only way to kill it is love. So she basically like pets it like it was a cat and says, like oh, I love you, little guy. And then the thing is like, no, I want a weakness. And then it like, disintegrates and then <laughs> falls apart. That's so great.
4: Yeah, yeah. That's kind of like a good uh, thing to teach kids.
5: But that's like, I feel like every fourth Goosebumps book, the ending is like, oh, love was its only weakness. <laughs>
4: you know, I kind of like that. It's yeah, like, die, die, but also love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, I I like that. It was good.
5: It was just a nice, like, it was a nice, like, low stakes, like, weird villain. And I think that that's, like, one of Arlstein's strengths is just, like, villain, like, just, like, monsters that are weird. Like, everything doesn't have to be a werewolf. It can be a weird small sponge guy that, like, feeds on bad luck or whatever. Yeah. Yeah.
4: I guess, listeners, if you remember one that ends kind of in a similar way with, like, a loved one, let us know. Because I'm kind of fascinated. I can't remember all of the books. There's so many. Um, We're going to take a quick break and then we're going to get into the TV show and the movies right after.
3: Sorry, I'm watching this as it goes on, and this these effects weren't as scary as they were for
4: me for the kids. Show the dog with the eyes? Yeah,
3: those uh, those dog eyes do not hold up. <laughs> just like googly eyes. Uh, just just watch. It, it looks like someone did it as a bit uh for we're just gonna play one more time so Joey can see these eyes. Oh,
4: wasn't Arlstein in was he in part of the thief? He showed up in and... <laughs>
3: Uh, that's yeah, yeah, he's at straight. the beginning because okay, his yeah, briefcase he's... opens and oh, okay. lets out yeah, the and ghost he's like, legit. Oh, no, my pages.
5: He, he actually he looks like he does
3: not care. He's just straight up
5: literal. That's like once again, something I love about R. L. Stein is like he just seems like he seems like a writer in the coolest sense of the word and then yeah. he's like I don't know, just what his job is. Like yeah. he's not he doesn't seem like a guy that like overly romanticizes the process. Oh yeah, 100%. Um but uh interesting to note um Ryan Gosling was actually in um one of the uh, early episodes of the Goosebumps TV sh- series. It was specifically the adaptation of Say, Cheese, and Die. Mm. He was uh, one of the main characters. And, you know, watching it, when I was watching that growing up, I was definitely like, oh yeah, that kid's gonna be in a movie named Drive. Yeah.
4: <laughs> and, um, uh, you mean when you saw him on the Mickey Mouse Club? Yeah,
5: yeah. Um, I mean, he
4: was making his rounds.
5: I just want to correct myself a little bit. Uh, the um, Goosebumps Slappy Land World series is actually called Slappy World, so you guys should check that out. It's great.
4: Ooh. Um, so Goosebumps the TV show is a Canadian American horror anthology. That's why Ryan Gosling series. was in it. True, Iffy.
5: A Canadian boy. Yeah, I'm sure it was probably filmed in like Vancouver or something. Uh
4: yeah. so it originally began airing on YTV in English and it also aired in French in Canada. That's cool. Uh Network Ten in Australia in nineteen ninety six and on Fox Kids. I think that's where I remember watching it yeah. in the United States. Uh, starting September 4th, 1995 and ended September 7th, 1998. It only ran for three years. God, it feels so much longer than that.
5: There's something that's so – like uh, doing doing this podcast and sort of revisiting a lot of this Goosebumps stuff, something that's so surprising to me is how insane – like I didn't realize how popular Goosebumps books was. Like this show was um, the – I think the most popular television show for kids for like two years in a row – and Goosebumps books have sold like 400 million copies oh, worldwide. Yeah.
4: No, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, I yeah. so it had uh, four seasons and it had 74 episodes. Yeah. Um
5: most of the episodes were they were like retellings of Goosebumps stories. So um I believe um like the Horrorland episode I think was split into two episodes, but other than that it yes, was like it was. was like there was like a couple slappy episodes and then other than that they just kind of like they covered all the hits basically.
4: Uh-huh. <laughs> the Cuckoo Quack of Doom. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Um Ghost Beach. Monster Blood, like you had talked yeah. about. Revenge of the Lawn Gnomes. I remember that one. Yeah, so they had that. And then, um, and I used to rent, I think they used to have, they used to have oh, those oddly yeah, enough VHS. at Blockbuster. Yeah, 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 like yeah. two, I used two to... episodes per tape. Mm-hmm, I used to rent them. Um, so then, fast forward to 2015. I can't believe it took that long to get a Goosebumps movie.
5: Okay, so um, interesting story there. They, um... They tried to make a Goosebumps movie as far back as, like, 1998, but they just couldn't figure out which book to base the movie on because there were, like, 62 very popular main Goosebumps books plus all of the bonus books like Goosebumps 2000 and all that stuff. But um, they couldn't figure it out. In 2008, I think, um, they finally settled on, oh, what if it was, like, a fake biography of R.L. Stein? That way you can kind of couch it in that and use it to explore all of the Goosebumps books and then I believe in 2012 was when there was first like a pretty good draft of the script and like that got greenlit and pushed along. And then I think I want to say in like 2013, Jack Black got attached as Arl Stein and um, the entire time like Arl Stein, he said in interviews that like he was like, oh, like they would tell me stuff about a Goosebumps book movie and I would not believe them because like they kept on saying there was going to be one for 20 years.
4: Yeah. Wow. I wonder if he yeah. like the fact that Jack Black, because they're both. He's a comedy person.
5: Yeah. I mean, that's uh, a cool thing about the movie is, um, uh, for those of you that haven't seen it, uh, Jack Black definitely plays uh, R.L. Stein like a big old goof. Like he plays him <laughs> like a guy who's just very like very full of himself. And he's like, goosebumps were the greatest books ever written. <laughs> and uh, and I
4: wrote them. <laughs> and I wrote
5: them. Me, the greatest writer of all. Like, there's literally a monologue where he says, they sold 400 million copies. Doesn't
4: he have kids? Um, I mean, I saw yeah. it, but it was once. I saw that, yeah.
5: Um. In, in the movie, does he have yeah. kids? Yeah. Okay. Uh, spoiler for the movie. Um, the first movie, he has a daughter who's revealed to be a ghost from one of his books. Oh, wow. Uh, that's the big twist at the end. But um, yeah. Uh, I like Jack Black has said that um, he's surprised that Arlstein totally got it. He 100 percent got. Oh, I like. I would have to play Arlstein as just like a big goofy pompous guy for this to work. And like, he was completely on board. Arlstein even has a couple of like Stanley cameos in the first Goosebumps and the second oh, okay. Goosebumps movies. They're not like super. They're not like super showy. It's like the first Goosebumps movie. He pops up at the end, literally as just an extra school teacher. So like, the movie ends with Jack Black, R.L. Stein, deciding to teach English at this high school of these kids that he like his books excellently tormented. And he's just walking through the hallways on his first day, and then R.L. Stein walks past, and Jack Black is like, "Oh, hey, Mister Black," and R.L. Stein's like, "Hey, Mister Stein."
4: Oh, I get it. It's like that uh, kind of thing. Switched.
5: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But he's still dressed like R.L. Stein. He's still (laughs) wearing black and carry, and like looks really like annoyed to be there.
4: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So the plot follows a teenager trying to save his town with R.L. Stein's help. After all, monsters, demons, and creatures from the Goosebumps franchise begin to escape from the books, wrecking havoc in the real world. That's actually a good. um, Whoever came up with that, that's a good plot.
5: It's a good plot, and like it, uh, the Goosebumps stories are very like. I don't know, like, Arlstein wrote each book in, like, 10 days. They're very, like, they can feel really what? formulaic. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, I mean, he had to write one a month. He had a couple of ghostwriters, but, like, he would, he said that in interviews it usually would take him, like, three weeks to write a Goosebumps book, but there have been times that he's been able to churn one out in six days. Wow. Like, I think that he wrote one in 10 days. But So they're very much like, hey, we got to, like, like, slap on a twist at the end. Oh, great. It's Scary Mummies. Get it. Like, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, he would actually start with the title of the book. And then figure everything out from there, and that's something they actually. There's a joke that they reference in the movie, um, where he keeps on saying like something like "Slappy's Revenge." That's a great title. Like that's all I need. <laughs> um, and uh, but like the the basic plotline of most Goosebumps books is like pretty formulaic, and there's not like there's like some heart to it, but it's like they're just short enough that you wouldn't necessarily want to make a feature length movie about it. Mm-hmm. So like by doing this, where it's sort of like Arl Stein is one of the main characters, and it's all about all of his books, it really it gave it heart because it justified like. Why, like, it's about the guy that would write Goosebumps books and how he like grew up and he didn't have any friends and he wrote uh these like scary novels because he wanted to like punish the world and the movie is basically about him learning that he does need people to survive and like it's a really sweet story and mm-hmm. um it really makes me like R.L. Stein more yeah oh,
4: nice. I was gonna say um so the Goosebumps movie that dropped in 2015. It grossed 150 million. Yeah, off
5: a 50 million budget. So it did real wow. well.
4: Oh, yeah. Its budget was 84 million. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then uh, Goosebumps 2, Haunted Halloween, just dropped for all you listening uh, October 12th of this year. Yeah,
5: yeah. And you already saw it. Yeah, I, I just saw it. And we're not going to give away spoilers because uh, it just came out this month. No spoilers, but, but it's spooky but uh I, was it better than the first one okay or? so i will say the budget of the first one was 85 million the budget of the second one was 35 million and like, what you could, and, you, <gasps> oh, could, and oh. you could feel it you could feel it so
4: that must mean because okay so on the first one i was reading it said it had relatively positive reviews from it's, critics okay so the, the
5: first one was the first one was like a solid b plus it was okay. like an enjoyable watch
4: that seems to be enough in hollywood yeah, these days. and it was
5: good like i mean you said you saw it it's like i enjoyed it i thought it was good just as a big goosebumps fan it it If I were younger, I would be more into it. Yeah, like it was... I wouldn't be as harsh. Like it was a good good use of the franchise and it made me, you know, like I I thought it was fine. The second Goosebumps movie, as opposed to being about all Goosebumps books, really just focused on one Goosebumps book. And because of that, it felt like it was a 90 minute episode of the TV show as opposed to being, you know, like a heartfelt movie. And there were good things about it, but it was definitely like the first one was them testing out the franchise whereas the second one feels like oh if we can just churn out 35 million dollar goosebumps movies it'll give us 50 million dollars on investment we'll just keep doing that Mm -hmm. so like if this does well i'm sure we'll get one that's just based on monster blood and one that's just based on horror land and one that's just based on the haunted mask um but uh something that was uh interesting about it is that um jack black plays the role of rl stein in the goosebumps franchise And they wrote two drafts of the script for the second Goosebumps movie, one where Jack Black was going to be in it and the other where he wasn't going to be in it. I'm sure it was entirely based on if he was going to say yes to it or not. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And, like, you could really feel it. Like, he's barely in the second one. He's only in, like, four scenes, and they're all, like, pretty short. Well, you know
4: what? He was shooting that other one, the clock. What was that? Oh, the house with
5: the clock in its walls? Yeah.
4: That actually looked—I mean, to me, it looked good, but I don't know if it was. That came out, too, right? Uh, It was like he had two competing—
5: yeah, movies. But I, I think that it's just like
4: for the same audience, yeah, like that's around audience. the same age. Well, right? in the in yeah.
5: House with the Clock in Its Walls is also based on like a popular book series, so it's literally it just also both, spooky. Yeah, so it's both based on like Halloween-based movies. Yeah, but this, uh, you know, like I, I'm glad that they had Jack Black for it, and it made and it didn't have any of the returning stars other than Slappy from the previous one, and I think Slappy was even voiced by a different guy. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like this was definitely wow. the like it, like it felt like. I don't want to be too harsh on it. I thought it was fine for what it was. It's a kids' movie, you know. It's 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 the if you're a kid, like if I was if I was younger, if I was like Goosebumps book reading age when I first started reading Goosebumps books and I watched it, I'd probably think it was great. Mm-hmm. But like, you could definitely feel that like oh they were like this was their like oh like we're gonna take this script that has nothing to do with Goosebumps, add a couple Goosebumps references to it, and then film it and throw Jack Black in at the end and <laughs> call it good. You know?
4: Yeah. God, that's funny. I yeah. was gonna say um. Cause I was looking at, uh, ev- yeah, everything that's come out with this, and uh, not to bring it back to the Twilight Zone, but I will. Um, they had an episode in a book called A Night in Terror Tower. Yeah, which is very much like Tower of Terror. Yeah. So, yeah.
5: Yeah. That was that was another good Goosebumps book. I really liked that one. It was like, um, it, like t- there was like a time travel element to it. Um, it, uh, I don't know, it was just like it was. It's definitely like one that I remember well.
4: Well, I think uh, can can you watch Goosebumps on Netflix?
5: The original movie or just the TV series?
4: The TV series. It's.
5: Probably, I feel like it's got to be available on one of those streaming services. Oh,
4: what? Well, it looks like it is. I'm trying to pull it up right now on Netflix. Yep, they have five seasons from 1998. That's dope. So I guess you can go and watch those. Go check out the. Do you have a favorite that was um, from the TV show?
5: A favorite from the That's TV show.
4: That's different than the books?
5: Um, so I, I guess that, like, I think that my favorite from the TV show would probably be um, Say Cheese and Die, just yeah. because it, like, really faithfully followed what the book was. Mm-hmm. Um, I also appreciated all of the, um, like, all of the Slappy episodes.
4: Yeah, he's creepy. Um,
5: what I thought was funny about it was that it was very clear that, like, what, what was the cheapest ventriloquist dummy that we could find? Yeah. Like, the Slappy <laughs> in the TV series does not look good. <laughs>
4: Those are cre- oh man, some of these graphics. Well, uh, yeah, you can go and watch uh, Goosebumps. Wait, is that Hayden Panettiere? Oh, I don't know. I bet there's more. I bet there's more um, child actors that are in this than we don't realize. Um, yeah, if you want to watch, if you want to watch uh, the movie, you can. But also the original series. It's on Netflix. Yeah. Do you have any other thoughts, Joey?
5: Any other thoughts? Um, so yeah, I think that. Um, I think that Goosebumps is a really fun series. Um, it's definitely like uh, I I didn't read Harry Potter books growing up. I read Goosebumps books, and I think that uh, you know it's like it's a good it's a good thing to read when you're like just getting started and like starting to get really into literature. Um, something I think is really funny is that uh, the reason that R.L. Stein thinks that Goosebumps books are successful, and this is a direct quote, is I think that people like Goosebumps books because they didn't have drinking or violence. <laughs>
4: Oh, really? Yeah, yeah,
5: yeah. Uh I so mean, they
4: were for kids. They
5: were for kids. Um, but yeah, I don't know. They're good. If you haven't read them, you should check them out. Um, also, watch the first Goosebumps movie
4: and maybe wait for the second one to
5: come out on Netflix.
4: That's a good, uh, That's good solid advice. Iffy, do you have final thoughts on Goosebumps?
3: Uh, no, I think it's uh, super fun. I think, you know, one thing that I will always take from Goosebumps and I thought was cool was that it got me reading. Yeah, uh, you know, like that's cool. Like, so I think you know, because I feel like, like I went sometimes... to my
5: Albertsons like the first week of every month, like yeah. wanting Goosebumps books. Yeah, yeah,
3: and I, and I feel like there's so many parents who are like picky about what your kids are reading, where they feel like you need to be reading, you know. Uh, the Theory of Everything by Stephen Hawking And it's like no yeah, if You're your 10 kid's... and you haven't read The Theory yeah. of <laughs> Read A Brief History of Time by Stephen Hawking yeah. How dare you uh, so, so I think you know anything Even if it's just comic books buy your kids comic books Just but,
5: get them reading Well and like Goosebumps books I, like, I'm like i sure that like reading so many of them Helped me develop my comedic voice at really young yeah. and it, like, it gave me like a weird sensibility That I've yeah. like taken into adulthood Into like professional writing jobs
4: I wanted to say one final thing, and that is that uh, five years before he would be Anakin Skywalker, Hayden Christensen wow. oh,
5: yeah. was
4: Zane in Night of the Living Dummy Three, parts one and two.
5: Um I wanna say uh one more thing. Um so uh I I host a podcast called 25 Minutes of Silence," where the premise is that a guest and I just sit in silence for twenty five <laughs> minutes. It's a real thing. You can Google it. It's super funny. Like, is it
4: hard to stay silent? Do sometimes you break it?
5: I mean, like, so the rule is that we can't, uh, like, we can't talk to each other. So, um, like, usually, like, if I have somebody on it, like, they'll work on their screenplay and I'll read a book or whatever. But um, I reached out to Arl Stein to ask if he would be a guest on the show. Mm-hmm. I just sent a message to his, like, his, like, uh, fan Facebook page. And he personally responded oh. to tell me that he wasn't going to do it. Wow. <laughs> but it was still a very nice, like, hey, thanks for asking me. I'm really busy right now, so I don't think I can do this, but I appreciate it.
4: But did he sign it like Arlstein? I think that it was, like, dash was RL. Like, oh, OK. He
5: said, yeah, dash, this was me.
4: <laughs> so, like, <laughs> Arlstein also seems like a nice guy. He's chill. Yeah. He's cool. Um. Yeah, slide into his DMs, yeah, I yeah, guess. yeah,
5: slide into his DMs. He'll probably respond. <laughs> Tell uh, him Joey Clift sent you. <laughs> yeah.
4: jo- Joey, where can everyone catch you?
5: Um, you can find me uh, on Twitter at JoeyTainment, and you can look at cats on Facebook at the LA Underground Cat Network.
4: Heck yeah.
5: Oh, actually, I should probably promote a book. I've got a, a book that I wrote called The American Indian Ready-to-Wear Catalog 2018. I'm a enrolled member of the Callitz Indian tribe. I basically wrote this like short zine that um, – It's all about Native American representation in media in the form of, like, a fashion catalog, and it's like a satire book. And it's illustrated by um, a very good Cowlitz artist named Janet Meyer, who's also my mom. So you guys should check it out. Oh,
4: that's so cool. It's available
5: on redcatpress.com.
4: Wait, is it out now? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Yeah, send us a link or a picture and stuff, and we'll tweet it out when this drops. Oh,
5: great. Yeah, I'll send it out.
4: Heck, yeah. Um, I'm at Ms. Danny Fernandez. What is this? This is coming out Tuesday. Um... Yeah, I don't know. Follow me on the on the socials. Hit me up. Send me memes. <laughs> this is our last uh, week send, of sp- send her one meme. Send me yeah. one meme. Uh, I require one meme to survive. This <laughs> yeah, every a- day.
5: Just <laughs> me, 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 me.
4: <laughs> um. This was our last Spooktober. Yeah, we have some more spooky episodes coming up, but um, this was our our last one for a little bit.
3: Yeah, yeah. So uh, thanks for listening. Glad, I hope you enjoyed uh, Spooktober. As you know, find me at IfyWideway, I-F-Y-N-W-A-D-I-W-E on Twitter and Instagram. And ifDs on Twitch, as a reminder, like I said, you have to re-up those Prime subs every month. So you, they, they don't just re-up. If you uh, pay, the sub re-ups every month. But if you get use those free Twitch Prime subs, you're going to have to come back to the stream, hang out with me, and uh, hit that up again and make sure you uh, run to the Tea public we have those stay spooky shirts once it turns to november they will be gone you will have to wait another year before you can buy them oh, no. or if you just need shirts for your back you can check it out we have tons of dope things for you to wear to show people listen to one of the dopest podcasts out right now but uh yeah thanks for listening and uh, for one last time stay spooky